Welcome today, our C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East location. <laughs> Wonderful to have you with us today, Dan, Ebony, all the crew. We love you guys. God bless you as we dive into this series that you've begun already. And it's called the Help Me Series. And today we're talking about Help Me, I'm Stressed. All right. Now, some of you might already have come to church today feeling extra stressed. I don't know what it is. Maybe there were sick kids at home. Uh, maybe you had a fight with your spouse this morning. Don't, don't elbow them right now. Uh, maybe you're worried whether you would get here on time and you're married to one of those people who doesn't care about time. Who's got one of those relationships going on? That's stressful. That's stressful. I know it is. All right. Woo, baby. All right. Uh, maybe it's your first time with us in church and you're out of your comfort zone. And so I wanna say well done on facing the stress to be at church for the first time. Maybe it's just being in a crowd is a big deal for you. And so you've faced that stress and you're here. I remember a, a Sunday uh, when my sons, uh, Jackson and Mitchell, who recently got married, were particularly stressed. I didn't realise it at the time, but we had that meet and greet moment where we go and say hello to somebody. And they were just, they got in here a bit late. They were just sitting over to, here to my right and everyone walked around, but they just stood there. And, and there was, I'm like, that's, a, that's unusual. I went up to say good day, and they're like, hi. I'm like, oh, that's really weird. They didn't want to tell me, but apparently on the way to church, Mitchell had had a little bit of fun in the car. It was in the wet and he'd stacked, he's wrapped his car around a tree. And so and they didn't want to tell dad before dad preached, which was very, very considerate of them. So they were particularly stressed. I hope that's not your scenario today. All right. So, so this morning, we're going to look at three different things. And for those of you who are watching online, grab a hold of this. Those of you listening to this message, uh, I really know this is going to help you. We're going to look at three things. One, what is stress? All right, what is stress? Ask your neighbour, what's stress? Number two, what causes stress? No elbows here. What causes stress? And number three, how do we manage stress? All right, three things. We're going to go through them. Each we could spend 30 minutes on but we'll kind of work on that. Now, notice I say manage, not eliminate. You will not be able to be alive on planet Earth and eliminate stress. In fact, a bit of stress is good for you. Your body is designed to have uh, some healthy levels of stress, okay? So we're gonna talk about managing stress. So firstly, what is stress? What is stress? All right, stress uh, is, is a way that God's designed us. It's a physiological thing that God's designed us. And I'm aware we've got psychologists, doctors and scientists in the room. So stay with me. This is not a lecture. But here's the basic concept. The concept is that God designed us so that if we were to be out uh, hunting or in the park and we see a lion, then what's going to happen? Physiologically, something will go bing in your brain. And in your brain, your, your brain will it'll, it'll send a number of messages to the rest of your body. Some are through your pituitary gland from your brain, some through your spinal cord, and it'll go to all parts of your brain, right, right down into your adrenal glands. It'll release adrenaline. There'll be uh, cortisol will be released. Blood will be pumped to, to your parts of your body. All sorts of things will be going on so that you can either fight the lion or run from the lion. It's called fight or flight. This is the way God's designed it. So there's this like, you get this kick and like, oh, okay. Reminds me of a friend who, who saw a lion in a national park and he began, he was with another friend and he started to run away and the guy goes, we're not gonna be able to outrun this lion. And he goes, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna outrun you. Yeah. All right. Who needs friends like that, Melbourne? Come on, don't be that friend. Fight. Or flight. It's, it's the way that God's designed us. It's part of our, our, our deal. Okay. 
And so what happens in that moment, if you, when you experience stress, this is what happens. Your, your heart starts, starts pumping faster to get blood to your brain, to think, to get blood to your body. And so your heart rate increases. That's, that's one of the signs of increased stress. Another is that because your, your body is pumping blood all around, all through, all through your veins, then you'll find that, that your, uh, the, the tension in your veins goes up. Your, your blood pressure increases. Your, your body pumps acid into your stomach quickly. And that's where you get that butterflies or churning stomach kind of feeling. Uh, cortisone, cortisol, adrenaline's released into your body. I kind of love adrenaline just by the by, but that can go wrong. Just stay with me, all right. And so you've got greater levels of energy because that's the way God designed you. I remember when I was in grade seven, uh, grade eight it was at St. Anne's and Gippsland Grammar School, we actually had an ex-British Army um, PE instructor. And I'd, it's only when I thought about this today, I realised the irony, but his name was Mr. Payne. And boy, was that an appropriate name. But I've only just thought, I've only just realised that. And Mr. Payne would tell us stories of being in World War II, where he would see soldiers do incredible feats of jumping over barbed wire fences while they were being shot at levels that they could never jump except under incredible levels of stress and trauma because of the, the chemicals that have been released into their body. So when, you're, when you've got this going on, you, you don't feel pain as much. You, you have a range of, you sweat more. You, you, you'll find that your, your muscles uh, get trembly and shaky because they're designed to be used. And if you've ever had a near car accident and then you s stood there and you're like, oh, why am I shaky? What's that? That's because there was a release of, in the fight or flight hormones into your body. And so your body's kind of reacting and ready to, to, to do something. You'll breathe heavier. Uh, sometimes because of the blood being flushed out, you'll either get pale in certain areas or you'll get flushed in your skin. So some people, when you get stressed, you go red in the face or red in the neck. And that's, that's part of the way that God's wired us. I remember a, a teacher I had, I think in a gr grade nine, and when he got fired up, the blood vessels on his head, you, you know, in his neck. Who's, who had a teacher like that? Oh, you could see he was firing and the fight or flight syndrome was going. And no, I didn't try and stir him up to get that going. Not at all. Not for a moment. Okay, so here's the thing. All of that, that that's what stress is. It's a physiological thing. And you're designed to have moments of stress and then to come back to normal and to calm down. But we live in a world where stress and stress stimulants are higher than they've ever been, which means here's the problem uh, related to stress. If you stay in a perpetual state of stress... Not necessarily like running from the lion levels, but not relaxed. If you're in the perpetual state of stress, then your body is having these chemicals released into your body that your body's not designed to deal with. And there will be long-term both physical and emotional consequences of staying in a stressed level, a stressed state. Physical symptoms like headaches. Muscle, muscle tension and aches. You get in your back pain in your shoulders and neck. Restlessness, a weakened immune system, high blood pressure, upset stomach and, and uh, uh, nausea, tiredness, fatigue, sleep disorders. These are all normal parts of living with too much stress hormones in your body, stress chemicals in your body. Uh, if you ignore those and medicate in some way, that over a time there will be long-term health problems, heart problems, ulcers, all sorts of other issues that I'm not going to talk about today because I'm not a doctor, but you get the deal. Then that's, that's physical, but then they're emotional. If you're living on too high a level of stress, 
Uh, one of the re- things that will happen is too much cortisol in your body will stop serotonin being released into your body. Serotonin is the feel-good chemical that your body needs. So until you relax, that chemical is not released. And so this is physiologically what's happening when you get stressed and stay too stressed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're feeling tense? Uh, Okay, okay. don't, Don't give them a massage right now. Then there's emotional problems that come from these things and constant stress, fear, anger, irritation, sadness, depression, feelings of overwhelm, panic attacks, Uh, All sorts of these are related to stress. Now, the Bible doesn't ignore stress. The Bible talks lots about stress. You you read the Psalms and you'll hear David talking about his distress. It's just his one example. He's praying to God, don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Basically, help me, God, I'm stressed. How do I know I'm stressed? He's saying, bend down to listen. Answer me quickly. My days are disappearing like smoke. My bones burn like red hot coals. He's got some physical symptoms of stress. My heart is sick, withered like the grass. I've lost my appetite. Come on, you must be stressed if you've lost your appetite, someone's saying, right? Uh, Because of my groaning, I'm reduced to skin and bones. I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on a roof. I'm lonely, I'm stressed. I'm anxious, that's David, and he gives keys, and we're gonna, it's okay, we're gonna look at the keys a little bit later on. But I want us to understand what is stress. Even Jesus, in the moment when he was about to go to the cross, prayed this, the Bible says he took Peter and Zebedee, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed, and he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He was about to take on himself the sin of the world, the consequences and die a excruciating, tormented, tortured death. And so he was stressed and he turned to God in that stress. So that's stress is a physiological release of chemicals into our body. Okay, now the next question is what causes stress? Okay, what causes stress? And the answer is so many things and it will be different for every one of us according to our wiring. We've got to know this, that, that stress is not necessarily bad, that there can be a good stress. So good stress is when a doctor does a surgery and it's stressful, but they enjoy it. When a teacher presents to a class, there's a stress involved, but they enjoy it. When an entrepreneur pitches to investors and it's like, oh, I love that feeling, the, the, the kick or the, a salesman is selling. Uh, when a musician is performing, when a sports person is competing, there, there's, there's stress because I'm tr- I want to achieve and there's pressure and that stress actually helps me. I know I watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan and I'm not sure how many of you have seen this, but one of the world's greatest athletes, he would create lies and stories just to keep himself stressed to have an edge when he would compete because he understood he needed to play angry and stressed to be at his best. Crazy. Other, other footballers I know before every game, even though they were professionals, would throw up before every game as a result of the stress, but they would perform at a high level. So stress is not necessarily bad for you. It can be enjoyable. Preaching can be stressful. Yeah. For me, not you, I'm hoping right now. All right. That's, that's what I'm really hoping. That, that In Melbourne, you're not stressing out because of my preaching. But I know for me, there's an output of energy, emotional, spiritual energy. It's a stress on my body. I love it, but I have a church hangover on Mondays. That's what happens because of the output and the energy. 
But then there are lots of other negatives that cause stress. I'm just going to touch on these quickly. Financial issues, health challenges, being in pain is a big source of stress. Work, business, relationship tension, conflict, family issues. For some of you, if I put up a photo of your mother-in-law, your heart rate would increase just like that. Just like that. Sorry, keeping it light here today. Uh, grief, loss. Not you, Mum. Love you. You're awesome if you're watching today. Uh, grief, loss, death, divorce, loneliness. There is circumstantial stress, heavy traffic. You're due to be somewhere for an appointment. It's really important and the traffic has got you stuck. You're flying somewhere and you suddenly realise it's with Jetsar and it's no longer there. That's, that's called stressful, all right. There's rain and you've got an outdoor activity. You know, I mean, your football team loses the last game of the season by one point and you're knocked out of the finals, just hypothetically, that sort of thing. That is stressful, all right. These are, these are stressors. A massive stressor for many people is guilt. It's a massive stressor. Uh, regret, why didn't I? Poor self-esteem and comparison, massive stressor. So some of these stressors are real circumstances. Some of them are things that come from our thoughts in our body. And this is what I want you to know. Your body does not distinguish between real circumstances and thoughts that you have. They're both equally powerful in causing stress. Technology. Oh, oh my gosh. One of my probably go-to books that I've read is by Dr. Archibald Hart. He's a Christian. He wrote a book called Adrenaline and Stress that I read about 10 years ago and I've reread at different times. And he talks about the impact of technology on us and how it, what it does. Instead of coming down to fully re resting and relaxing, we, we mightn't be fully stressed, but we just stay, it's like that having the phone with about three or four apps open that are draining. And so you're checking your phone and the text, you see a text, and you've got to check it and, and there's just something going on. And that, that kind of stress, it's like uh, sitting in the car in neutral and revving. And that will damage the engine after a while because you're just revving, but there's nowhere to go with that stress. All right, so these are, technology is one that really it can cause separation, FOMO. Uh, there is a literal thing uh, called technology anxiety of, or anxiety separation when you're not near your phone. This, the world we live in keeps us not fully rested and relaxed where we're able to really recharge the way God designed us to recharge. All right, so let's, let's have a look then. That's, that's what stress is and that's what causes stress. Let's look at how do we manage stress. All right, remember not solve it, not escape from it. Uh, although you might know that if you were to spell stressed backward, it spells dessert. Okay, so, so just for those of you that's getting stressed for desserts. Anyway, I don't know. I remember for our kids when they would have uh, difficult challenges years ago and they'd get all stressed and fired up, uh, Danielle would say, here's three uh, eggs, go and throw them at the back fence. Just Take your stress out on the back fence and throw some eggs. So try that. And we never hit a neighbour yet, I don't think. So. so how do I manage stress? Well, you can try and manage stress in illicit ways, in ways that will be damaging. And many people do. Uh, to, to push down the feeling of stress through something that gives an artificial high. 
that distracts me for a moment. It's an artificial high, gambling, drugs, excess alcohol, pornography, uh, illicit sex, spending money. All of these things can be a distraction to get away from the feeling of stress that gives me an artificial high. But the problem with the artificial high is it does not do what your body and soul really needs, which is to switch off and wind down to recharge. And so people keep trying to live on the high, live on the high, live on the high. If you don't deal with stress, there will come a moment where eventually either emotionally, mentally, spiritually or physical, you will hit the wall. It's called burnout. And so that's a, that is not something that just being a Christian stops you from burning out. We need to have some things in place. So I wanna give you six things today that I think will help. There's a lot of different ones, but I wanna give you six this morning that I believe can help us uh, manage stress. Are we ready to go for this? All right, some I'll spend just a little bit of time on, others some more. The first one is exercise. Paul writes to Timothy and says, uh, physical exercise is useful in some levels, but godly exercise all the more. So physical exercise is useful. It does release endorphins. Now you don't have to be an ultra marathon runner. Okay, you don't have to, you don't have to be an elite athlete. Just going for a walk, something that gets the heart rate up, something that gets you sweating, something that gets you out and about, that exercise will help. I know a lot of guys who who love to go for a swim or go for a surf or get out in the water, but the the point of it, it might be gardening, but it's something physical that gets your heart rate up and that is a really good thing for you physiologically, exercise. Now, just to make a point, you can be stressed about exercise. You can be stressed about making sure you keep up with your exercise routine. That you're, you can be stressed about, uh, and if exercise becomes your number one focus, you're missing the point. It's a tool, but it shouldn't be the main tool. It's for an outcome. All right, number one. Number two, unplug and withdraw. Unplug and withdraw. Now, here's, this is where to. To places that are peaceful and enjoyable. Peaceful and enjoyable. I love Psalm 23. David says this about God. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Peaceful and enjoyable. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. All right. So there has to be built into the rhythm of your life and my life. Okay, Melbourneites, your life and my life, we have to build into the rhythm of our life daily, weekly, monthly or quarterly and annually, moments, moments, uh, hours, days, weeks where where we unplug and withdraw from the pressures and stressors of life. So this, this looks like on a daily basis, it might mean a 10 or 15 minute moment. On a weekly basis, it would be a, a half a day or a day set aside to doing different things that you normally do that are not stressful. Uh, it might look like having holidays throughout the year or a weekend away uh, on a quarterly basis. These are the unplug and withdraw. For, so for you, it's gonna be different. So for some of you, unplugging, withdrawing looks like this, putting the phone down and going for a 20 minute walk. Someone else, you're in the garden. Someone else is, is on the beach. Someone else is surfing. 
Someone else is walking in rainforests. Come on. Someone else is, is going up to the mountains. I, I personally, I grew up in farming land in regional Victoria. When I go up to the hinterland and I see cows and rolling hills, I instantly just feel the sense of, oh, that's just what happens for me. So where do you go where you feel, oh, this, I feel this. And, and what are you disconnecting from? Which is usually technology. Unplug. I love to be in water. I love to swim. I love to, it's just, it's therapeutic for me. So for you, where is the green pasture and the quiet waters that you need to find daily? It might be simply in your garden for 15 minutes. So, but there's little moments on a daily basis. Each week, Danielle and I take about one day where we unplug from our work emails and our work messages. We just unplug from those things. So we put those aside and we try and go somewhere, do something, uh, exercise, hang out, have coffee with friends. Go, we go for a drive. We might walk, but the point of it is to get to somewhere peaceful. And by the, about halfway through the day, here's what happens. Do I feel like jumping out of my skin? No, I actually feel a bit flat because adrenaline's leaving my body. And that's actually okay because if you want to go well, you've got to stop well. So for adrenaline to leave your body and to feel a little bit of flat, just remember, adrenaline's got to leave before your friend Sarah Tonin can come. All right, okay. Everyone needs a friend called Sarah. Serotonin, right? Isaac, is that right? You want serotonin to come? All right, there we go. Psalm 127 verse 2 says this, It is useless. Come on, I'm helping somebody today. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to His loved ones. He gives rest to His loved ones. So if you're being maniacally working seven days a week, 70 hour weeks, that's not God's intention for you. So we need to do a little bit of a life audit if that's the case. Number three, all right, what, number one is exercise. Number two is unplug and withdraw. Number three is life-giving relationships. Life-giving relationships. Watch this, when Jesus faces His most stressful moment, He's about to go to the cross. He's praying and he's calling out to God. What does he do? He gets his friends, James and John, in Matthew 26, tells them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus models how you and I should handle stress. And that is not just in our, our most challenging moment, but actually you build it through a period of time friendships that you can be open with about your struggles. Now, when I'm talking friendships, I'm not talking Facebook friendships with everybody. Okay, we don't want to know. Okay, we, we, we don't want to know. We want you to find two or three people. Just one. Maybe, maybe a, a small group, a connect group. Just a group of people who you can kind of go, actually, my soul is not doing well right now. Would you pray with me? Maybe it's in your, your marriage relationship. Maybe it's a friend that you've got. But you build this thing. And so these are rituals into your life. Galatians 6 verse 2 says this, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You are not made to carry your stressors alone. 
You are made to be part of a community, a family, people who will take, will listen to you when you share your problems, will pray for you when you share your problems, and then will check back in with you. So it looks like this, that you share and there's prayer and people care. That's, that's, the, that's the, the trinity of being part of community. You're willing to be vulnerable and share your stuff. Small group, trusted friends. Then they'll, knowing that they'll pray for you because that's the best thing that we can do for one another is to pray for one another and then to care, to check back in. Now, I think good relationships and good marriages, if you're married today, uh, building, building this into your life is pivotal. So for Danielle and I, we would have what we would call daily check-ins. Where, and we've been doing this for 25 years, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes. How was your day? How are you going? What's going on? We might go for a walk. We walk the dog or whatever after the kids were put to bed. But we would just check in to see what's going on. And informally, what's happening is we're sharing the things that are causing stress in our life. Now, we formalized that even more so about 10 years ago as the stress levels of our life increased, not just teenagers, but other responsibilities. <laughs> But as they increased, and we said twice a week, we're going to have an intentional check-in. We call it a stressors and prayer time. And, and f- for lots of guys, you're like me, you're like, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I've got things on my mind, but I'm not stressed. That would be my kind of mindset. I can do it. Me and God, we've got this. But, but I was taught by a mentor that would actually be beneficial to, to tell Danielle, well, here's what's on my mind this week. Here's the things that I'm thinking about. Here's, here's my stressors. Here's those externals and internals, the thoughts that I've got. And so often just in the sharing and then praying together. So we would do that. Uh, Saturday, usually we'll go for a drive for half an hour. We'd do that. And then on Tuesday morning, we'll do that together and we'll spend time praying together. These are life-giving relationships. Cultivate it in your marriage. If you're not married, cultivate it with a close friend. Uh, Cultivate it with two or three other people who are part of your, your world. That's why being part of a connect group, a small group, for me, it's not an optional extra, either for your Christianity, but just for your mental health. Make it regular, make it consistent, and bear one another's burdens. Shelley Taylor, who's a researcher at the University of California, says this, social ties are the cheapest medicine that we've got. This is the research. Hundreds of research and studies have showed the health benefits of friendship. People with a strong social network boost their chances of surviving life-threatening illnesses. They have stronger, more resilient immune systems. This is because by having good friends, stronger immune systems, it's a, it, it relates. Better mental health and live longer than people who don't have strong social connections. And here's the thing. Strong social connections don't just happen. You have to intentionalize them. You have to make a priority, whether it's meals, people in our home, whether it's getting to what we're doing today, whether it's serving on teams and connecting, but intentionalize life-giving relationships. That's number three. Are we doing good? That's number three. So we've got exercise, we've got uh, unplug and withdraw, we've got life-giving relationships. These are all keys to managing stress. Number four is a living relationship with God a living relationship with God. Jesus said this in Matthew 11, it's recorded. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take it upon you. I'll teach you because I'm humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. 
Come on, this is what Jesus does. My yoke fits perfectly. The burden I give you is light. So if you're, here's, if I was to give you the greatest key to dealing with, with mental challenges, with, with uh, the, what we're talking about in this month, uh, October is the month of mental health. That's what it is. If I would say that, that your relationship with Jesus will do more than anything else. See, if guilt's your biggest problem, it's only God who can take your guilt off you through the forgiveness of sin. If, you're, if your self-image is the thing that's going on and on in your mind and undermining you, you, you just need to know what God says about you, how much He loves you. If you and I could plug into the ultimate supernatural source of peace, you'll find that out of a relationship with God, there's this supernatural peace that flows into you. This is what Jesus said. I'm, living, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you isn't like the peace the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. When you have a connection with God, and you are, you are created for a connection with God. You're created to be in relationship with Him. It's, this is not just a follow the rules thing. This is not just a, oh, I go to church to make God happy somehow. There is a supernatural connection that releases a flow of joy, peace, love, forgiveness into your, into your soul. Whenever you choose to turn towards God, that connection is there. And you'll find, you'll find that God is able to deal with the stress of your life like no other. Turn to Him. Give Him your stresses. I'm leaving you with a gift. And maybe today, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, in a few moments, I want to lead you in a prayer. You're watching online. In Melbourne, there'll be a moment. Someone's going to lead you in a moment, an opportunity to surrender to God, to begin a life-giving relationship with Him. That will change everything. That's number four. We'll come back to that. Number five is this. It's a mental makeover. It's springtime. Who's doing some house cleaning? Anybody? Anybody at all doing some house cleaning? Who, who's a fan of the, the home edit TV shows? The whole pull it all out, sort it out. We've got some home editors. Or the, was it Marie Kondo? Just the whole, you know, there's a, there's a saying, and we've lived like this for a number of years. Less mess, less stress. Less mess, less stress. So, so sorting out your house and your things, all good. I'm talking about a mental makeover. Less mess in your mind, less stress. Less mess in your mind, less stress. Philippians, uh, Paul tells us this. He gives us a key. He talks about, in a few verses before, how to deal with anxiety. How to deal with anxiety. And he says this. And he goes on and says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything virtuous and if anything praiseworthy, I want you to meditate on these things. The things which you learnt and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the peace of God will be with you. God wants you and I to have peace in our lives. He wants us to have a flow of peace. And the world, here's what's going on in the world. The world is capturing some keys to dealing with stress. Mindfulness, meditation, 
right, breathing techniques. And some of these things are really actually good at slowing down your body physiologically, trying to be present. But the world's sense of mindfulness is so often emptying your mind. But biblical meditation and mindfulness is filling your mind with the thoughts of God. Locking your mind in on Scripture. Locking your mind in on who God says you are. Confessing those things over and over. Saying them again and again. Thinking about it. And so, so sometimes we've just got to do an audit in our mind and go, what are the most stressful thoughts that you have? And some of them are real. Okay, you're facing that. All right, God, help me face that. Walk with me, help me deal with that. But some of them are things that, that aren't necessarily true. They might be thoughts that we have. Oh, those people think this about me. No, they don't. And even if they don't, that's not important. What do you think about you? And what does God think about you? So sometimes we've got to go through and go, what are the thoughts that I have? And if we slow down enough, sometimes you'll realise, I got depressed. If I back it up, when did I get depressed? Oh, actually, it was when I looked at that thing on social media or when this, and that kicked me into this thought. And this thought, once I had that thought, my emotions started to go downhill. And so now I'm stressed and pressured because I opened that email or I, I, saw, this, I, I saw this person, I compared myself, I, I, just, I saw something and it triggered a thought in my mind. And so what we've got to do is when you do a mental audit, a mental makeover, is go, is what I'm thinking about true? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, I want to tell you what's true. God loves you. I want to tell you true. You're made in His image. I want to tell you what's true. He's got great plans for your life. I want to tell you what's true. He loves you. He's created you with gifts and a brilliant personality. God has awesome plans for you. This is true. Now, if you live your life comparing to others, that will just lead dissatisfaction and steal your joy. But if you can live with the truth of God. And so sometimes a mental makeover is, God, I repent for believing these lies and focusing on them. And I'm gonna start to say and speak what you say about me. That's been something that's happened on me. I'm gonna lock in on the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 143. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find what? Joy in your commands. I've locked in on the Word of God. When you're feeling stressful about that circumstance, what's God say about that circumstance? Say that, think that, work it into your mind. And if you can, if you can get a hold of your mind, because that's where most of your stress is. Remember what I said earlier? There's real stressors, lions, and then there are things that aren't necessarily real. They're in our mind. So one of the greatest keys to dealing with stress is getting your mind under control and aligned with the Word of God. Last thought, number six, just real quick, was this. If you can set aside one day a week to do all the five previous things in one concentrated day a week, you'll find it will flow out into the rest of your week. The Bible calls it a Sabbath, a day that's set apart. A day where you prioritise your relationship with God. A day where you prioritise your relationship with people. A day where you allow something to renew and wash your mind like the preaching of the Word of God. A day where you allow, you just set it apart. Go, God, one day a week, I'm not going to work. I'm going to come and 
be with, I'm going to be with family. We're going to exercise. We're going to withdraw. We're going to unplug. We're going to connect together around this day. The Bible calls it a Sabbath, and even God had one. And He made it so important that He put it into His Ten Commandments. Take one day a week and make it different to the rest. For most of us in this room, this today is a Sabbath day for you. It's a day set apart for worship and to be with God. It's a day where maybe later on today you're going to go and withdraw and unplug and do some things. Don't switch back into work if you don't have to. Connect to family. Go out for a meal with someone. Build loving relationships. Prioritize. It's okay if you feel a little bit blah. But prioritize. Rest. Letting those things leave your body. Can I pray for us right now? I'm going to pray for you in Melbourne as well, those online. Father, I just thank you in this room for your presence, for your love. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and bring the peace of God into the hearts of every person here. Father, I ask that you'd help us to identify the lies that we believe that are feeding stress to us and to move away from them. Help us to strengthen our relationship with you and with others. Lord, today I release a supernatural peace into hearts. Joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Melbourne, God bless you. I'm going to hand you back to the team there. We love you. Have a phenomenal rest of the service.